Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Hello. We have Marty Jones on the phone with us. And you, you run to a very special church, is that correct? Mm, not quite. <laughs> I'm part of a very oh, special you're, you're church. Oh, you're part of a very special church. We have a, one of our services is the Pause Prayers and Praise service. What is that? It is a church service. That particular service is on the second Sunday of each month at 5 o'clock in the evening, and people are welcome to bring their companion pets to church for wow. prayer, and we sing, and of course the pause part is inviting the pets. Well, now, how did you come up with this great idea that every church should be doing? Well, I wish it was all my idea, <laughs> but back in April of um, 2004, one of our parishioners, our treasurer, brought in this article to me um, that uh, was in the Wall Street Journal about these two Episcopal churches that were doing that, one in Massachusetts and one in Florida. Okay. And they both talked about how wonderful it was to come to church and to belong to a church where they could bring their family, their pets. Uh-huh. And I said, well, why can't we do that? So starting May of 2004, we've been doing exactly that. And how's it going? Wow. Well, it's really going going pretty well. It's going very well. We have a steady core of people who consider old donation that as their church where they weren't going before. We have a variety of pets that come, although it's primarily dogs, but we've had turtles and we've had hamsters and <laughs> and we've had cats and, and we've had birds. Wow. Everybody gets along. Everybody gets along so well. It's so- like they come in the door and they understand they're in a very special place. And membership, has, has, as you said, has increased since you've started this. Right. The, uh, the membership of our, of our core body, our core congregation, has increased because of people joining through Pause and Prayers, uh-huh. thinking, you know, I would like to belong to a church that is so inviting to pets. And also, we have, like, we have people who come regularly on that Sunday night service. Mm-hmm. And how do the animals act during the service? Do, do you talk about animals? Oh, my gosh, yes. We, the animals act very well. Um, they all get along. And when we're singing, often there will be a chorus of dogs <laughs> singing along with us. It's so funny. And, and, uh, and the service itself is based on the evening prayer, so it's structured. But at the point where you would do prayers of the people, uh-huh. we have prayers of the pets. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we do special prayers for pets that are ill, for we do celebrations for adoptions. We've had memorial services for pets that had to be put to sleep. Wow. We've had healing, laying of hands for pets. Um, that part is a very, very much our core of the service itself. On any given Sunday, how many animals would you say are in attendance? I'm just imagining right now a bunch of dogs <laughs> crunching away at their, their treats in the back. Oh, they do get treats. We do provide treats. <laughs> um, probably we'll have maybe 25 to 30 people uh-huh. and, and that equal amount of pets. Wow. And most, again, mostly dogs. Mm. And we have, with a small colonial church... So there's plenty of and there's plenty of room for you know one or two dogs per pew. So as long as they have their own territory, <laughs> they do very well. 
and we have slate floors. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of pew, how do you deal with uh, the, the bathroom situation? Well, um, we do have, we, they're wooden pews, and we do have slate floors, and then in the back we have, I uh, do keep a supply of um, cleaning materials. Just in case. Just in case. Mm-hmm. But we usually, right before the service, we'll have a little sniff and meet and greet out front. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> and a lot of that's taken care of at that point. What's the website? www.olddonation.org. Very, very good. We appreciate your time and all that you've done for the animals. You know, some people, they only celebrate their animals, the blessing of the animals once a year. This church doing it year-long, and you'll hear about it and all these great things at Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Bob Barker, listening to Animal Radio. Help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. 1-866-405-8405 to check in with us today. Let us know how you're doing, how your pet's doing. If you have a question for Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, he's coming up in just a few minutes. Right now, Dr. Deb is joining us, and I understand... I understand, Dr. Deb, that you've opened up a drive-through at your practice in Las Vegas. Is that is that correct? Well, not intentionally, but it is accurate. Yeah, we had kind of a crazy event where a driver lost control on the road out in front of our office and veered and fortunately missed people and other cars, but plowed into the side of our building. Ooh, ooh. So you actually had the front of the vehicle inside your building there? Yeah, I've got some great photos. I bet. <laughs> but fortunately, all the pets and all the patients and all the clients were safe. Nobody was hurt. Yes. Other than the wall and, and definitely a lot of stucco. Okay. Well, good to hear. I'm glad that, uh, I mean, not not that someone plowed into the building, but good to hear that everybody's okay, all the pets are okay. And it was really interesting because we had a lot of structural damage, mm-hmm. but on the wall that the, the vehicle entered, it actually hit a wall and popped off the portrait or the picture we had on the wall, and uh, it was undamaged. And when we picked up the picture and just kind of looked at it, it actually is a picture of a, a small child uh-huh. with her dog oh. praying. Oh. And I thought that was really symbolic, and uh, you know, someone was looking out for us there. I'm glad everybody's okay there at the clinic, Doctor. Let's uh, go ahead and take some calls. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, who's this? This is uh, Terry from Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Terry. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. What's the temperature? Staying, in, staying inside the air conditioning. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. What's the temperature there today? Uh, it's not going to get as high today, and I think it's supposed to get up to around 98. Oh, that's not bad for Phoenix there. I bet you no, even, Dr. Deb, what's it going to be there today? I think we're about uh, 102 today. That'd be kind of unusual. We don't usually beat Phoenix in their temperature records. Yeah, usually they're a little hotter <laughs> no. there. Terry, you're on with Dr. Debbie. Go ahead, please. Uh, yes, uh, Dr. Debbie, I have a question for you. I have uh, a uh, eye dog. She's a Labrador. She's 11 and a half years old, still working. Okay. Um, uh, quite healthy, actually. Doesn't have arthritis. Uh, been hit, you know, hits have been X-rayed and all that. But after actually around probably seven and a half, eight years old, she started this shedding thing. And before that, she hardly shed. You know, like there would be the seasonal shedding where she would go through a bit of shedding, and then then it was over with. 
But mm-hmm. um, as from that point on, about I'd say starting at eight years old and on, she, shall we say, has accelerated her shedding. Um, and, you know, I, so I, I was wondering if you can recommend, I noticed you mentioned something about some supplements such as oils and that that might be good to add to their food. So if, I was wondering if you had any recommendations that might help okay. her coat. All right. Well, can I ask you a couple questions first? What, what's her name? Her name is Henna. Henna? Mm-hmm, like oh, the awesome. hair color. Okay. So she must be a yellow lab? That's right, uh-huh. Okay. Well, I have black labs, so I'm totally a fan of the breed. Um, uh-huh. But they definitely are one of the worst breeds out there for shedding. Um, and I guess for Henna, though, the first thing I'd want to know is, is she having any problems where she's actually scratching or you're seeing patches of hair loss, any kind of sores, anything of those natures? No, nothing like that. No, it's just uh, kind of even. Um, I literally vacuum um, twice a week in the house, and in that period of time, the 2,000 square feet have a, a substantial amount of hair um, around mm-hmm. Do you uh, groom her yourself? Do you take her to a professional groomer? I groom her myself. I have a, a Furminator. Oh, I just that love is, that tool. Absolutely. I am such a fan of that tool. And we started uh-huh. selling that in my office. People come in flocking for that thing. And yeah. it, it is great. It, Absolutely. Now, um, as far as for, yeah, the, some of the supplements that I may have mentioned in the past, um, one important thing would be to uh, try using a fatty acid. And there's a lot of good ones on the market. Um, the idea with a fatty acid supplement is we're supplementing the essential fatty acids for the skin and for the hair quality. So that can be important even in a healthy pet, even one that's right. not suffering a deficiency. Um, and there's some different brands out there. Um, I like um, Derm caps, um, icosiderm, um, and uh, those are some of the typical ones you can either find at uh, the veterinarian or even at the okay. pet store. Um, and it's something I think is, you know, you're in the same climate like we have in Las Vegas where it's hot, it's dry, oh, yeah. and they just can't put enough fatty acids in foods or it'll go rotten. So it makes right. good sense to supplement that. Okay. Um, and I it definitely, do you uh, use any special shampoos for her at all? Um, I've been using the Ferminator shampoo, which I like a lot. It's you know, it, before that, I was kind of of the mindset that you know, a good dog shampoo is a good dog shampoo, not a lot of diff, but it does seem to help. Wait a minute, Ferminator has a shampoo? Yes, they do. Wow, <laughs> and a conditioner. <laughs> what, Judy? You have some? Yeah, they sent us to us along with a Ferminator brushing comb. We Why haven't have I tested some. it out yet? I don't uh, know. Oh, we'll have to check it out. Very cool. Okay, I, I learn something on this show every week. I tell you. <laughs> Well, that's and I, I, I think those shampoos are, are certainly fine. Um, there are some other types of conditioning things if we're dealing kind of more with a problem situation. Uh-huh. And, um, and that might be if we see a lot of excess flaking, um, if there's um, actually if the hair kind of pulls out in, in larger clumps and if there's any crust associated with that, then, then there would be some conditioning shampoos that, you know, maybe on the prescription veterinary line that I could recommend. Um, but I, I think a lot of what you're going through is typical Labrador hair coat, just constant hair loss type problems. And and sometimes in older pets, we see that, you know, nails and hair do grow a little bit faster. Um, oh, okay. Just kind of, 
yeah, it's just kind of something that comes up when they get a little bit older. And um, also when they're not exercising perhaps as much, the nails get to be a problem. So you have to kind of step in and trim maybe more vigilantly than you have when, when they're younger. Um, she may, Henna may be a little bit more active, you know, just because she is a working dog. I don't know if, if she gets out a lot and exercises um, or if mostly around the house type activities. Yeah, we do a, quite a bit of walking. Not much in the summer, mind you, but <laughs> when the weather is nice, we're out there probably a couple miles a day at least. So, oh, and that's awesome. just, you know, to be out walking through the neighborhood and stuff. So, Yeah. Now, do you have a pool? Does she do a lot of swimming? <laughs> well, she's a yellow lab, and she I don't have a pool, but she is absolutely terrified of water and pools. Oh, no. She's uh-huh. that rare Labrador. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, in, in the uh, breeding, where she comes from, from seeing eye, since they bred out some of the other tendencies that make them a better working dog, uh, they seem to have bred out the natural tendency for water for some of them. Try some of the different things as far as the fatty acid therapy, um, some topical okay. shampoos, and uh, keep up that work with that Ferminator, um, and I, <laughs> I think you'll, uh, you'll learn to balance the problem. You'll probably never beat it, uh, but hang in there. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for your You're call, You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, Vlade, to answer your dog behavior questions at 1-866-405-8405. And we also have Davy Jones coming up. Davy, you mean monkeys, Davy Jones? The one and only. Isn't that exciting? He's here on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hello, this is Loretta Swift, and I'm on Animal Radio. And please don't forget to stay and neuter. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Animal Radio is being brought to you by the American Red Cross, providing you with information and training to protect the dogs and cats you love. For more information, visit redcross.org or petcentric.com, a proud supporter of the American Red Cross. Hey, Julie, you have to get one of these return WAP pet tags for Daisy. Last week, Max got lost and was back home in just two hours. Really? How does it work? It's simple. Each pet tag has a unique ID number, which is linked to your name and number. If Daisy ever gets lost, the finder just calls return WAS 1-800 number. It's totally safe, confidential, and rewarding. Check out www. .returnmypets.com Don't delay. Protect your pet today at www.returnmypets.com Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. 
Have you been dreaming of that special career that not only offers you great financial rewards, but is also really fun? You've found it. Pet Sitting is becoming one of the fastest growing home-based businesses in the country today. NAPS, the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters, can help you achieve that dream. NAPS will provide you with the education and tools you need just by visiting www.petsitters.org. That's NAPS at www.petsitters.org. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Now, usually this time, Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, is in studio. And he's not here. He has called us. Vlade, what's going on? Oh, I cannot tell you how upset I am because I was driving toward you with the speed of Russian satellite guided missile. Uh-huh. And for all of a sudden, I just thought, boy, something happened with my vehicle. I look back and uh, one of the tires is flat. So, oh. Yeah, so I couldn't make it, guys. Sorry. The, all, the only thing I was scared for my boss, Hale, because I know <laughs> he has attitude. Or do it or you are a dead dog. So <laughs> I just call him and I say, oh, oh, Hale, I'm so sorry. I tried my best. I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. I'm a nice guy. Listen, Vlada, you're a loyal guy. You're a Russian loyal guy. Will you still go ahead and take some phone calls? Yes, I do. I would be more than happy to do so. And uh, everybody just, I apologize again for my so-called Russian accent. It's not the Russian accent. You know, it's a Michigan accent because mm. I'm from Michigan, <laughs> but originally from Soviet Union, of course, mm. but not from Kazakhstan. Oh, and no. I don't know, I don't know the Borat. I just would like to let you know. Do, do a lot of people ask you that? Do they, do they yes, say, do you... they do. They say, if I know Borat, and I tell them, no, guys, never met him. I met the Putin once, you know, train dog for KGB. That's what the people keep asking me, too, what, how I train them, but we can talk about that next next time. Okay, let's set the scene for you. Are you sitting in a, in a car dealership right now or a tire dealership right now? You know what? In Michigan, everybody knows Vlad. I entered the door, and I came to the owner of, the car, of this dealership, and I said, I'm the Vlad. He said, I know you. I said, okay, I need right now privacy. So I need a special office. I need the VIP treatment. Oh, okay. So you're, you know, you're, you're in the back office at a tire, tire dealership now. Uh, let's uh, go to the phones at one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? Yes, this is Martha. Hi, Martha. How are you doing? Okay. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Metairie, Louisiana. Well, you are linked up live to a Tyler dealership somewhere in uh, the Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Martha, how are you, my dear? Thank you for calling. Okay. I'm so sorry I'm not in the studio. I would be, you know, maybe it would be better to help you and uh, it would be a little bit sound better. But it's okay. I'm hearing you well, perfect. Go ahead. Tell me, what is your problem? Well, we have a little uh, terrier, Yorkie Terrier. He's about uh, almost two years old. In October, he's okay. two years old. And he's very attached to us to the point that when we go out, like we've wanted to go out on vacations mm-hmm. um, with my husband and my daughter, uh, if we leave him, like, with a friend or we leave him in the house because we're going to be gone for a few days and we have our neighbors come in and check on him to walk him or feed him, Okay. He doesn't want to come out of the our bedroom. He goes to our he tends to go to our bedroom. He doesn't want to come out of the bedroom. He doesn't want to eat. You know, they'll put out his food for him. They'll call him to take him outside a walk, and he won't get out of the. He will not sure, get out of the, sure. the house. Yeah. You know, and just not to leave him by himself because he we're sure. afraid that he's going to get sick. Sure, Marta. Yes, and he may have diarrhea and all this type of thing. Marta, let me tell you how to 
fix your dilemma. Uh-huh. You know, you need to start to work, and I'm going to speak slowly, so nobody would uh, hear kind of funny Russian accent, so <laughs> funny. I, I got I to gotta speak very slowly. Okay. okay, Marta. What you need to do, you need to apply step-by-step approach, which mm-hmm. I call Taliban husband comes home. Taliban husband leave the house before you leave for vacation. What I would like you and your husband to do is start to give your dog cold shoulder a little bit. You know what the cold shoulder means? Uh, yeah. yeah, you don't know that. Just imagine you're my wife. Just imagine in the bad dream, you know. I come in and she just runs up to me, wants to kiss me, and I say, ah, 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 ah. Go, please, do dishes, do laundries, you know, and such and such. Mm-hmm. I know you're not going to like it, but in the reality is you will lose that anxiety which would be built if I would kiss you in return. Mm-hmm. So what I would like you to do to tone down, I know it's hard, but for maybe one week, mm-hmm. less talking, less cuddling, less kissing, less drinking. And I also don't want you to put your dog... In the bed, I know some of the people are going to matter at this, yeah. but you know what? You know, you have to, because what's going to happen if you don't, you still is going to build that separation anxiety. So please, no bed sleeping. If you uh, get a little crate and put the dog maybe next to your bed for a while because it's contributing in the separation anxiety issue. Yeah. So no bad sleeping. Also, I would suggest you maybe put your dog behind the barrier or in the crate, in the nice crate, not really in the crate crate, you know, nice crate, open crate, and go to another room, go maybe outside, make a round, come back, don't even look at the dog, let the dog be independent. I also would hire someone like pet sitter or someone else who would come in your home, take your dog for a walk, feed your dog. I would refuse to feed this dog. Somebody else needs to. Feed, feed my dog. So in other words, I would break dependency on uh, on you, and I would depend the dog on somebody else. I think also in your situation, nice kennel would be nice idea. I would drop your dog by the local daycare um, two, three times per week, and after ask him maybe border them so that he would used to love another people of being around. And that's how gradually I would approach your situation. Your situation is very simple. Okay. Okay, and, and thank you so much for listening one, to us. One more, one more little question. Sure. How, well, how can he, when we take him out to walk sometimes, he goes crazy with the, uh, with the bikes. I mean, he goes really ballistic with the bikes. So after them, barking, and, and how can we... Okay, oh, very simple. Use the product which I keep telling all the time. It calls uh, tire inflator CO2. I wish I, I could have this one for me today. <laughs> But it's just, you You can get in any bicycle shop. You push the button, uh, compressed air comes out, and it's hook him into the attention. So every time uh, when he goes bark, you push the trigger, and he's, mom, and you just say, good boy, and keep going. It's, it's easy. It's called CO2 tire inflator. Use it. It works like a magic. Okay? All right. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you Thank you for the call. And this is the Vladi from Animal Radio, which is reporting today from the tire shop. Somewhere in the downtown Detroit or downtown Baghdad, which is basically sometimes it's the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. 
High-tech lost and found. Microchip IDs for pets may not yet be the answer. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys for Animal Radio. Without a doubt, microchips provide the most reliable and most secure method of identifying your pet. But with the never-ending controversy over different types of microchips, can you really rely on this high-tech ID tag? Many pet owners assume that the use of a microchip in their pets will keep their pets safe and bring them home automatically. But what really happens when your pet runs away? Are pet owners aware that this safe, secure, and foolproof ID pet ID method can fail? Essentially, microchips are little computer chips about the size of a grain of rice. Easily implanted under your pet's skin with a hypodermic needle, microchips provide permanent identification that won't wear out or fade or get lost if the pet runs away. Special scanners find the microchip, translate that into a specific ID code, and then these unique numbers can be found in a database. And with luck, the owner can be contacted and the family will be reunited again. But in the United States, currently, these microchips are using four different frequencies. And over the last 17 years, the predominant frequency has been 125 kilohertz. Some pets might have a different chip in them, one that emits 134.2 kilohertz, otherwise known as an ISO chip. If a local shelter does not have the right scanner, they can actually miss that chip. That's the problem. This confusion of frequencies has caused a storm of controversy. According to Dr. Dan Knox of the Avid Company, these multiple frequencies will continue to put pets at risk by confusing the system. He says adding new frequencies will only cause more work for understaffed shelter employees and potentially be dangerous to pets. Dr. Knox's concern was validated in 2004 when a young dog was euthanized after a Virginia shelter failed to find that dog was, in fact, microchipped. The dog had been implanted with that ISO chip I told you about, and the shelter could not read it. With the exception of the United States, the rest of the world has been using this ISO chip for identification. Recently, two major veterinary pharmaceutical companies have teamed up with microchip manufacturers to create a strong support system for the ISO chip. They're handing out more than 60,000 new scanners that are capable of reading all four frequencies that are now in use in the United States. Julie Lux of Home Again Pet Recovery System says our first focus is to protect the pet. But the mixed-up frequencies are not the only real problem in this new high-tech system. The second major issue is many pets are not properly registered. In fact, Michael Gendro, the product manager for this ResQ ISO chip, states that less than half of all microchipped pets have been entered accurately into any database. Well, that's a major fault with this system. Even if they're registered, information can quickly become outdated if the owner fails to change it or update it themselves. All of the microchip manufacturers agree that veterinarians and shelters must be strongly proactive in finding ways of getting the information into a nationally accessible database. Unfortunately, it appears that many of the registration websites are complicated, often offering multiple services. According to Ralph Johnson, the executive director of the Colorado Veterinary Medical Association, 
pet recovery databases should be used solely for the purpose of bringing pets home and not for medical records, access, or even marketing purposes, as is now the case. These problems are obviously overwhelming, and veterinarians are a little concerned. This wonderful technology is simply not ready for prime time, frankly. Old-fashioned methods such as an ID collar and a tag should be used along with the microchip until these issues can be resolved, hopefully sooner rather than later. For the Veterinary News Network at myvnn.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. Still to come on Animal Radio, Monkey Davy Jones. Guess I'm showing my age, huh? He's a big animal lover. He'll be joining us. Also, I've been told to remind you, don't forget next week, the casting call for It's Me or the Dog in Los Angeles will be broadcasting live. If you live in the area and you have an unruly dog, you should be there for this. Don't bring your dogs. Just bring a picture of your dog and yourself to 505 North Fairfax between 10 and 2 p.m. More details at AnimalRadio.com. Hope to see you on TV. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. A mobile search and rescue airboat designed specifically to rescue and evacuate animals stricken by floodwaters has been unveiled. The American Airboat Association, joined by the FL3 Airboat Search and Rescue Team, announced the launch of the Bark Ark. The rapid response team can be deployed anywhere within the U.S. within 24 hours. The project, based in Tampa, Florida, has been in the works since Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans three years ago. The Bark Arc team is available to state and federal agricultural and wildlife agencies. They can rescue pets and livestock and deliver feed along with veterinary care to stranded animals. The Bark Arc is funded entirely by private donations. More companies in America are welcoming pets in the workplace. A recent poll from the American Pet Products Manufacturers Association showed one in five companies permit pets. The companies reported a reduced rate of employee absenteeism as well as workers agreeing to stay more hours. While the benefits are clear, not every workplace is ideal for pets. Obviously, food service businesses, factories, and healthcare facilities are off limits. And there are numerous co-workers with allergies or phobias regarding animals. Tim Trowe, president of the Toronto Humane Society, points out that like kids, not everybody likes your pet as much as you do. Some simple rules to follow could help minimize problems. First, make sure the landlord or business owner and other employees agree to allow pets. Then have pet owners sign an agreement to be accountable for their furry companion's behavior. Finally, agree just which pets are welcome at work in advance. It's no surprise that the number two choice of pets in the office is fish. Police in Branford, Connecticut decided not to press charges against two would-be woman bird burglars. Surveillance video at the All Pets Club showed them stealing a dog's harness and one of the women stuffing a parrot, valued at $1,000, under her shirt and walking out. The tape showed the two women in their 20s in the store earlier making a purchase. The day after the apparent crime, one woman returned to the pet store with the parrot. She offered to buy the bird after she gave it back to the store owner. That sale was denied, but the women were not charged in the theft. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
And welcome back. It's Animal Radio, one 405 8405 with Dr. Debbie, who I just understand is turning, is it 19 years old? You're 19 today? <laughs> How could you have a, a veterinary degree and be 19? Oh, I'm just very youthful. <laughs> you know, I'm not ashamed to say I'm getting close to 40, um, but I love birthdays. I love to celebrate them. Nuh-uh. We celebrate my pet's birthdays in uh, every year. So um, it's definitely a very uh, fun experience for my birthday or anybody else's. You hold your youth uh, very well. Boy, I wish I could uh, do that. Well, it used to be actually a problem when I first started practicing that I had so many clients telling me, Send the vet in. You're too young to be a vet. <laughs> You're and the intern. I dealt with that for probably about 10, 15 years. And then when it stopped, I said, oh, wait a minute, something's happened. I think I'm getting a bit older. <laughs> well, happy birthday from all of us here at Animal Radio. Thank you. Let's uh, go to the phones, one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? Hello. Hello, hi. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I had a brain fart going on for a minute. <laughs> Sorry who, about that. Who is this? Got, is this Carol? Yes, it oh, is. Okay, what can we do for you today, Carol? Yeah, I've got a seven-year-old Border Collie Corgi mix. And uh, for the past few months, she's been having this problem where she just, out of the clear blue, will just start snorting like she can't get any air and just continues to do it. Sometimes it's lasted for as much as 10 minutes. And I mean, it scares the crap out of me. Oh, my. I, so uh, I drive an 18-wheeler and I can I can tell, you know, since I've had her most of her life, when she starts, she does this attitude adjustment all of a sudden, different personality, and she starts clinging to me and lays up under my feet and gets up and jumps in the bunk and then comes up front and and then mm-hmm. all the next thing I know she's doing all this snorting. Okay. Does she have any problems where she's actually coughing and having other other types of breathing sounds or is it or is it uh, just the, well, the snorting that you're hearing? When she barks a lot, all of a sudden she'll kinda of go <laughs> you know, like she's kind of choking a little bit. Okay. That's 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 the only thing I've ever noticed, and that doesn't happen all that often. Okay. And so, have you had her her, her whole life? Well, I got her when she was two, and uh, she's about eight now. Okay. So was she adopted like originally that. then? Well, she's a rescue dog, sort of. Oh, uh, wonderful. This uh, guy that I knew got transferred with his company to North or South Carolina. And the apartment he got couldn't have dogs, and he left her with his mom, telling her to take her to the pound. And mm-hmm. I, I had previously had another dog that uh, traveled with me, but where she had jumped in and out of my 18-wheelers, she had messed up her hips, and I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't get her in and out of the truck anymore. That's the reason I have Cookie. And mm-hmm. she's... A lot smaller dog. She weighs about 22 pounds or so. So for Cookie and, and for this breathing, would you say that it kind of looks like she might be having almost an asthma attack when that's going on? I'm not real sure. It's like she's snorting, pulling in air. And then uh, okay. every once in a while, it's kind of like she just quits breathing for a minute or two. And I can and tell she her get- heart's just racing like hell. 
Oh, yeah. And does she get kind of an anxious look about her face when this is going on? Oh, yeah. Real anxious. Okay. Well, I think what we're dealing with here, and it's this is one of the most common things we get calls about as veterinarians, and um, it, it tends to be completely harmless. Um, but it sounds like Cookie is having a problem where she's having reverse sneezing episodes. And something you had said when it sounded like she was kind of snorting in through the nose, um, it tends to be uh, characterized with a reverse sneezing. And it's very harmless. We don't always know why dogs do it. Um, it's kind of a... Um, uh, episode they go through. Sometimes we see it more when there's allergies um, or if a pet has um, kind of like a chronic kind of respiratory problem. But there's a well, lot of dogs that do it. She doesn't have any of those problems. Okay. And has she been to the veterinarian? Did you um, have her examined for anything recently? Yeah, they, they did a bunch of blood work and, and did x-rays and they said they, they didn't. It just bum puzzled them. It just scares the tote and complete poop out of me when she goes into them. And she's fouled herself a couple of times in them. She's lost control of her bowels during that? And the other. <laughs> oh, and she's urinated. Now, that's a little bit unusual. And I, I'd have to say that if you're seeing something more that's having a bodily effect, a reverse sneezing episode is usually just a kind of a passing respiratory sound, kind of a snorting, almost like a gagging kind of sound. But if she's actually losing this, bodily... This is like she's, she's, I mean, really straining to try and get some air in. Does she ever have problems where she snores at night? Does she allow oh, breather? <laughs> Uh, every once in a while, while she's sleeping, just out of the clear blue, she do this. Uh, okay. <laughs> and some dogs can have some dynamic problems in their airways. So if this isn't just plain old reverse sneezing type episodes that pass, some dogs will have problems where their trachea or their airway can kind of collapse down. Um, we know that can be more of a problem for pets that are carrying a little extra weight. Um, and sometimes we some of these breathing problems will manifest when they're sleeping. So it can be a tough thing to pick up on regular x-rays or blood work. And, and sometimes it actually takes looking down the throat uh, with an endoscope where they take a little camera down with a fine tube and they go looking at things. So that might be a concern. If it's something that she's more affected and she's actually going through a spell, I would be a bit concerned that something more serious could be going on than the reverse sneezing. You didn't mention his cookie and a fairly good weight, or is she carrying those extra oh, she, pounds on the pretty, cookie? Oh, she's not overweight, no. Okay. She's not Very overweight. Good. She's not fat at all. If you haven't already tried some different antihistamines, that might be something to give it a whirl and try and see if that helps decrease those bouts. Um, so maybe talk to your veterinarian and see, but uh, a lot of times if we're worried about the reverse sneezing, allergy-driven breathing problems, that's a, a very reasonable way to go, but just always use the direction with uh, doses from your veterinarian. Don't pull something off the shelf. Um, but I'd give that a try and uh, let us know how things turn out with Cookie. Thanks for your call, one 866 I got a question. You're a truck driver. You're sitting in a cab. Maybe you're a smoker with your pet all day. Is that dangerous for your animal? Oh, sure. Absolutely. And animals get the same effects from smoke, secondhand smoke. Um, in fact, you know, we know I've had pets that had lung cancer and uh, their their par pet parents um, actually had lung cancer as well. So there's definitely a lot of different cancers and health disorders 
um, asthma, um, bronchitis, all of those type of things we see in a higher rate in uh, smoking households. Okay, so you got to watch out. If you're a driver, you're in the small quarters, and you're a smoker, and you have your pet with you, another reason to quit. 1-866-405-8405 to talk to Dr. Debbie right now. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. Urinoff, finally, something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A Sacramento couple said they were shocked and confused when their dog received a bill from Verizon Online. Steve Finelli and Sean Donovan said their lasso opso named Andy Finelli received a notice in the mail from a collections agency about a bill totaling $142.34. Verizon said the bill was meant for a man named Andy Finelli who lives on the other side of the country. Owner Donovan said, just because there's an Andy Finelli back east doesn't mean you send a letter to Andy Finelli in California. There has to be something else to connect it. AFNI Collections Agency said the confusion may have resulted from the fact that Andy Finelli, the dog, has his own American Express card, which Donovan obtained when it was offered to family members. Donovan said she often takes her girlfriends out to lunch on Andy, the dog. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. Hey. You want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also its achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. This hour of Animal Radio is brought to you by Return Moi. With Return Moi's service, pet owners know that if their pet goes missing, finders can easily and immediately contact Return Moi 24 hours a day. To learn more, visit www.returnmypets.com. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. I think you know that part of any fair, any state fair, is the pig racing. <laughs> I love to go. I go to the fair just for the animals. And uh, we saw some. We just went to the uh, Mid-State California Fair here in uh, Paso, Paso Robles. Robles. 
And I got to see the racing pigs, and we decided to get the swine master on. Now, he doesn't mind us calling him swine master. They call me swine master around here. I'm not so fond of that name. But uh, we have Charles Boger on, and he's on his cell phone. Charles, are you there? Yes, sir. Sure am. Uh, where are you driving to? Off to another fair? Yes, sir. We're going to San Mateo County Fair. San Mateo, California for the county fair, and you'll be racing the pigs. Now, how many pigs do you have? We have about 18, 18 heads. We've got 16 racers, and we've got one 1,100 pound pig that we offer. Okay, and what what are their names? Oh, we've got Billy Ray Swineris, I think, with us on this run, and uh, Squealy Nelson, and uh, Slick Willie, and Hillary Hogg sometimes. Swine uh, only stud, she comes along. Do they, <laughs> do they like racing? Oh, they love it. They, they did. Once we get them into the routine up, they. What made you get into racing pigs, Charles? Well, my family's been in uh, in this kind of business. We've been rodeo business, the circus business. My daddy has my whole life. We've just been raised around this business. We've got three of these units on the road, some on the East Coast, Midwest, and I stay on the West Coast quite a little bit. Mm, okay, now how does that pay the bills? How do you pay the bills with pig racing? Well, the, the fairs contract us to come in for free entertainment. I guess they figure that you know, the uh, way that money is these days, it costs people to park and it costs for admission and, uh, uh-huh. you know, for food. So they, they give them some free entertainment, and uh, luckily they pick the Handful Express. Now, what happens if you're the loser pig for too long? You don't become dinner now, do you? No, no, we just we put them back in the training room, try to get them back in the room and a little bit, get them lifted up with it a little faster. Yeah, go through the whole <laughs> rehab thing there. You know, you're cutting out there, but I, I'm going to wish you well on the road and wish all your pigs well, and we'll try to hook up with you again some other time. Well, I sure enjoyed it, and uh, anybody that can, if uh, here, try to get inside of the Hambone Express, they are the swine off the line. And be sure to check out the Swine Masters website at And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. Too bad the connection wasn't that good there. He was fun. Yes, he was. We, we certainly... Yeah. <laughs> you got to do it, okay? You got to do it sooner or later. Yeah. Still to come, Debbie Jones of the Monkees. And in my hot little hands, about, oh, I don't know, 250 animal radio pet ID tags. These are free for you. Each one has a special identification number on it. Anyone that finds your pet can call a 1-800 number and immediately find you. These tags are free to you. All you need to do is send me a self-addressed stamped envelope to Post Office Box 197. That's in Shandon, California, 93461. And that information, of course, is up at AnimalRadio.com. I noticed you put these on all your cats. I do. They like them. It's actually cool. Yeah, it is. They like having the Animal Radio tag. They wouldn't wear any other tag. Of course. We should get the Swine Master to put these on all his pigs. There you go. (laughs) You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hey, this is Cesar Milan. When I'm not doing the dog whisper, I'm listening to Animal Radio. Stay balanced. Remember, the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. I said enough. Hey, gang, this is the Money Man, Eddie Money. Make sure you spay to your pets and keep the dial right here to Animal Radio. It's the greatest station in the world. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. 
This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Now, we do the show every week this time, right? Yes, we do. And every week this time, Vladi is here answering listener questions. Is that correct? Yes, he never fails to show up. And today he is not here. Is that correct? Yes, I have to say, I think this is a first. Now you're at a you're at a tire dealership right now, and you're getting your flat tire fixed. I am. I'm. I'm telling you, I am not at the dealership. I'm on the discount tire, one of the premier discount uh, tire. Okay, discount tire. And I'm speaking. And I'm staying next to the Mark right now, who is the owner of this branch, and he will confirm. So the world famous Russian dog with the next, not next to the mistress. He's in his shop, and he provides can, for can, me. Can, let, let me talk to him. Let me talk to him. Yeah. Hello, Mark. <laughs> Yes. Vlade's really there, and you're at a discount tire, right? <laughs> I am. We're, he's got a valve stem that was, I don't know if his hubcap or something got ripped up, but uh, we're we're trying to expedite his service here. So he should be done in about, within 10 minutes, he'll be on the road. Now, let me ask you this question. Did uh, You said his hubcap, maybe uh, maybe he hit a curb or something. That, that could be very possible. Do you think he's, by looking at the vehicle, I've never really seen the vehicle, do you think he's not the best driver? Uh, let me see here. Let me look at the, I can look at the wheel here, right? I'm in the shop right now. Do you, do you think the hubcap is what? I'm, my, my guy's bolting on his hubcap. Was it the hubcap that cut it? it yeah, it looks yeah. like the hubcap. As far as there's no dings or dents on the car around the rim or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. So. Is it time for a new car? What is it? Is it a van? What what kind of vehicle? It's, do a, we... it's a van. It is a van. What year? It is a you... van. What he year? was thinking about, he was thinking about, uh, getting a different vehicle he told me because he needs one more tire on the right rear but yeah. uh, maybe this is the time for him to get a new vehicle you know time for a new vehicle he's thinking about that he just told me that so. okay well but I, he's uh, they're, they're they're about ready to release him right now so okay. uh, he'll, he'll be rolling out of here in five minutes okay good good very okay. excited mike thank you so much for taking care of him the good folks down there right, at discount you. tire Taking care okay, of. Okay, uh, now you like KGB. You need to know everything. Yeah, I just had to check up on. Uh, yeah, you know things that you might not tell me. I just had to find out. Trying to find out, you know, if you're a good driver. Uh, oh, I afraid you more than I afraid for my wife. I gotta tell you just like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I got my fire six, and I will be up to the up to the desk, and I will be up on the road in five minutes. Okay, so you'll be back in the studio five minutes. Yes. Five minutes. Okay. one 405 8405 to talk to Vlade now. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Vinny Penn, back at you on Animal Radio. Hope you're digging the theme song there. Uh, if you are, drop me a line, Vinny at VinnyPenn.net, V-I-N-N-I-E, Penn, P-E-N-N.net. Uh, love to hear your thoughts on that. Party animal segment coming your way. This one passed on uh, to me from humble Hal Abrams, uh, your man with the plan at Animal Radio. Uh, he seems to have a problem with guys who go on and on when it comes to neutering their dogs. And I tell you, it's really no different. I know exactly what he's talking about. It's really no different than those guys who have a little boy. They have a son, and and they're talking about uh, circumcision or just anything in general. Men just. 
are, are very, very territorial when it comes to their offspring or their pets privates. They feel it, it gives them pause. And, uh, uh, that's P-A-U-S-E rather than P-A-W-S, which you probably hear a lot here on animal radio to do, st- to become stand-up comedians. My dog, he's not the same anymore. His bark's going to go from roof to roof. And they, they think all of a sudden they're, they're destined for Carolines down in New York City. Uh, or that the dog is not going to be the same. Yeah, within the first couple of days, he's not going to be the same. And yeah, he may have a look in his eyes like, dude, thanks a lot. Uh, but basically, everything your vet says about the neutering situation is true. One, we do need a bit of population control when it comes to uh, pets. There is an overabundance of dogs and cats. The outcome is not something any pet lover, any animal lover wants to see. So it is a wise thing to do. And it does. Uh, there's nothing worse than that overheated animal who is calling your Barca lounger his girlfriend. So all of these things... Uh, all of the benefits of neutering are intact. But the guy who's a, you've got to bring him to his wife. You must drop him off. I can't do it. Why? Is there a horse race that day? Uh, is there a Sopranos marathon on A&E? Give the real answer. Don't say it has anything to do with your heart is breaking. How can a man do this to his dog? And all of these routines guarantee it's like your father coming over to your house after you've had a vasectomy and he's like, what did you do? You're just laying there looking at it the same way your dog's going to be looking at you like, could you just kind of get out of here? I'm stitched up a little bit tender and your little comedy routine here is really kind of annoying me. Uh, you're really a pain in the ass right now, and uh, that's not an area I need a pain in because I've got one kind of not far from there. I know I had one of my dogs uh, neutered at one point. And it was the best thing we did because uh, he was really uncomfortable. He was unsightly, to say the least. And I did. I've got to be honest with you. I'm going to be as candid as I can be when it comes to these party animal segments. I did the little routine when I dropped him off. Uh, he, he was scheduled for a few hours later. And I said, let my man have some fun in the other room with some of the girl dogs before you go in there. And, of course, they're like, you want him to knock up three or four of our female pets right now before he has the incision that's really not protocol. And you're just standing there thinking, I was just doing some stand-up. I don't know why. There's a gravitational pull of some sort for me to do a bad routine out here in the lobby. But nonetheless, there is something like that that goes on. Spaying, neutering, we all know how important it is. But even more important, ixnay the stand-up comedy, boys. I'm Vinnie Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio Network. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And don't forget the world-famous dog wizard, Russian dog wizard, that is Vladi. Hey, Vladi, how you doing? 
Good, good, good. Thank you, thank you. I'm here and uh, I'm ready to help the fox with their problem pets. And uh, this show, people on Animal Radio, where we're not just kissing and hugging our pets, where we're also disciplining them. We're combining love and balancing that love with love and affection. So if you have uh, any problems with your pets, uh, please call us right now. I'm here on call at uh, 1866. 405-8405. This is Devlari at Animal Radio. Hi, who's this? This is Walter Wendler. Hi, Walter. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Very good. Where are you calling from today? Barbersville, West Virginia. Ooh. Hi, Walton. Hello, Hi. Larry. How are I have you? No I- good, good. I have no idea where you're from, but what is your problem? Is? Okay. Well, my sister recently adopted a two-and-a-half-year-old Yorkie mix. And, okay. Uh, Yorkie mix. Uh-huh. And she has, uh, and dog has not been house trained. Okay. And she so far uh, has had accidents in the house, but recently, last five days or so, she's been able to avoid accidents by taking it out frequently, and and rewarding it when it goes outside. That's but right. Is there anything else that she can do to help house train that dog? Exactly, exactly. Uh, she, she's already driving in the right direction and in the right car. So just a, a couple of additional things to, to help it out. So I would also feed the dog in the area where before the puppy peed or pooped because the dogs, as the humans, they don't like to pee and poop and eat McDonald's, for instance, you know, at the yeah. same time. Yeah, I, I would, so it's, 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 it really works. I would put some uh, dog's bowl with a little bit dog food and I would kind of continue to keep them there where the dogs before, prior to that, pee and pooped. I also would make sure I would eliminate all those areas where accidents happened in the past with the special product, enzyme-based products. There is a lot of great things on the market. Just make sure have enzyme-based products, um, such as um, Simple Solution, such, such as Petastic works great, and uh, one of my favorite, favorite Anti-Yaki Poo. Uh, by the Master Plus. Master Plus, you can get it from Internet, too. So make sure to eliminate the smell so it will not bring the dog back to those spots. Make sure fit the dog in that area. And another thing is I would prefer you put leash and collar on your dog and bring it in those areas where before accident happened and do simple obedience training. Just pull, just say, let's go, kind of walk your dog through all these areas, do sit and stay, down and stay in this particular area. So focusing on control exercise. By doing this, you are telling that dog you're the boss and you're marking your territory. Because if your dog thinks it's his house, he's going to pee poop all over your house. But if he will think it's your house, he will think twice before doing that and by teaching him by doing him sit stay by walking him around that area this is your sign from canine culture by telling him it is my house baby you cannot pee and poop here so all these things in combination is great and remember when you cannot supervise your dog have your dog in the crate this is mandatory so do those three things at the same time supervision cleaning feeding in that area and doing obedience training. But remember, even if you go for five minutes uh, to the bathroom or outside or you get somebody talk on the phone, make sure the dog goes in the crate. Dog is the creature of habits, according to Russian academic Pavlov, who was the first dog trainer in the world. You have to recreate those habits. And the only time you can recreate the new habits, not peeing in your house, if the 
old habits will never happen. Thank you so much for calling us, Walton. Thank you for listening Animal Radio. And please tell, uh, tell uh, your friends and relatives about our show. So if they have a problem with their pets, they can call us. And the Vladi always willing to help. This is the Vladi from Animal Radio, 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And the real dream team, Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, on the way. Right now, Dr. Debbie answering your veterinary medical questions at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who's this? This is Carolyn. Hi, Carolyn. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from East Texas. Hot, I imagine, huh? Very hot. I think it's going to be over 100 today. Okay, well, uh, Dr. Debbie, she can commiserate. It's got to be near 100 there today, huh, doctor? Oh, yeah, it's definitely miserable hot. We might not have that humidity that you have, Carolyn, though. I doubt (laughs) it. What can I help you with today? What's your pet concern? Well, I have a chihuahua. She's four years old, and she just, she will not eat dog food. I tried the, the only thing she'll eat is this, it's got to be like, Moist. She won't eat the the card and crunchy, and she won't eat canned. Um, she just won't eat any, any commercial dog food. I've been feeding her like you know chicken and rice, and um, you know steak, and you know little different little things, human food. She just she will not eat dog food. Oh my! Now, what's your dog's name? Itty bitty. <laughs> she must live up to that name, I imagine. She's very stubborn and she likes her own way, but the the food thing is really bothering me. Yeah. Now, have you had Itty Bitty since she's been a little little dog? Oh, I got her in April. I got her in April of this year. Okay. All right. And do you know much about her background? Like what, uh, how they took care of her from the previous owners? Just from, it was just a lady that lives in the area and she sells, you know, different breeds of dogs. And um, I saw an ad in the paper and I... You know, I was planning on getting a puppy, but then I saw her and I said, well, I, I like her. So I, she has a lot of dogs. She had some outside, some inside, and um, it, it was like kind of both. But she had uh, like a communal, like feeding situation, and she just put um, like the hard dog food in this big, uh, like container, and it dispensed itself. And, and she had to have been eating it then. Okay, so she had that in her background then. And was it when she came to your home that she uh, started picking up and not wanting to eat that food, dry food, or did you always... From day one, she just would not eat because I got, like, the hard dog food, and she she wouldn't eat that. So I tried the can, and, you know, I even went as far as, like, pet gourmet, you know, pet stores to get the really expensive. She wouldn't, she won't touch it. And then people have been telling me, well, just... You know, if you just don't give in and let it sit there, she'll get hungry enough. But, I mean, after a day or two, I can't. I just, I feel bad. I can't. Yeah. And and dog food, you know, you really can't do that because it gets, you know, nasty. It gets rotten looking, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't want to eat it. 
So when you've gotten to about a day or two down the road and you put that dog food out, um, what does Itty Bitty do? Does she, like, come looking for you? Does she beg? And she'll just sniff, sniff, sniff for about 15 or 20 seconds. And she'll just look at it and then walk away from the bowl. Does she ever beg from the table while you're eating? No, she's very good like that. She won't, you know, she'll look at it, but she won't approach it or anything. But if I offer it to her, she'll just eat it, like pieces of chicken or, you know, something like that. She'll eat it, but she doesn't, like, try to sneak food or anything. I don't know what it is. One of the first things that, I, that I'd probably have you address, and with chihuahuas especially, they can be really picky little dogs, no doubt about that. They're probably the worst ones to try to maintain them on a stable, dry dog food because they do have such diet peculiarities. But they're also a dog that we see a lot of types of dental problems. And if she's not really all that interested in eating food in general and she's not really begging and looking for food i would definitely want to have a good look at her mouth and uh, see if there's any dental issues that might be going on because dogs don't often complain and verbalize that kind of thing and it, it might be a direction we want to investigate to make sure that there's not some kind of oral pain that that could be contributing to her appetite or lack thereof but some of the different diets that you've tried, the canned foods and things like that, uh, I'm uh, I'm a tough mom when it comes to my dog children. And, and I would say 72 hours is kind of that window of time where we say, eat it or too bad. And it takes a lot of kind of strength to be able to do that and look at those brown eyes or those blue eyes yeah. and, and to realize that, you know, this is all you're going to get. Um, so I don't know how you fared with that in the past. But she, I, I've tried that because, I, like I told you, people have told me just put it out there, and if she gets hungry enough and you don't give in, she'll eat it. But she won't. She does not. She won't. And okay. I don't know about the dental thing because if it's something she likes, she'll clean her bowl. She'll eat it. Yeah. Like she loves chicken rice. She likes uh, like ram and rice. She likes liver. Mm-hmm. You know, I get the inexpensive steaks. You know, the little round steaks, cause, and she'll eat that. But as far sounds as... Sounds like she eats better than I do. <laughs> sounds like she has a pretty good diet. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's Absolutely. Not, how could, you know, but it's not, she eats like maybe two cups of food a day, if that. She doesn't eat a whole lot, so it's not really that ex- more expensive, but... The number one thing I'm going to tell you is I think you ought to have her teeth looked at, because any dog, given something yummy and really tasty give her those chicken livers or give her a steak, and you offer her that in place of a dry diet, they're always going to go for that other food. It's just it's a little bit more appealing. It's a different texture, different flavor, and they're always going to go for that. So that doesn't rule out pain in her mouth. So I, I definitely would say, eh, I, I, I nix that argument there. So I would definitely say make sure you get her teeth checked out. And when it comes to the food, if we have to dress the food a little bit, for a pet who has already those ingrained particularities about food, I'm a willing partner in that. But I don't like to perpetuate that. And I don't like to, to say that it's okay. Um, sometimes we have to make those accommodations uh, when a pet has a certain diet lifestyle they've already started. But there's still ways that you can try to maybe clean up that diet a little bit. Um, if you do want to try you know, preparing food at home like you have been, um, we want to make sure we try our best to balance that. And there are some good resources out there as far as on preparing balanced pet diets. If you can 
work some of that, even canned food in to try to dress the food together with canned and that table food, you'd be doing something a little bit better than where we're at right now. The only well, thing she'll eat, like commercial, is this, and then even then, after a couple of days, she'll stop eating it. Is that it's something called Old Roy, and I got it because it's soft and moist. And it's, oh, you know, I'm not a fan of that diet. <laughs> I have to tell you. No, but uh, well, aren't there a lot of foods that are like human foods? Like I know there's one that God forbid I'd ever be caught endorsing. It would be uh, like Halo has a, a food that looks like human food. You see peas, you see meat, and it has that balanced diet. I think that's a good accommodation for pets such as hers that don't really like and aren't accustomed to regular dog diets. Um, so it's a good way to try to almost trick them that they're getting solid nutrition and that there's some science behind that where we're not leaving that in the, the, the mom or the dad's uh, hands yeah. to try to have to figure out how do you feed the right diet for a pet. And usually you can find those kind of diets at um, organic pet stores, the smaller boutique type pet stores. Mm. Check that out. Talk to them. See if something like that might be accepted by her. And, and, and I wish you luck because the, they're, you're dealing with a really tough situation in a in a puppy dog that's had some established tendencies, and, and she's kind of running the house with what she wants to do. That it's called Halo. And there may be others out there that are similar to that, and your your local store, uh, not your big chain store, but your local pet store will have an idea of what kind of foods okay. are like that. I'll try that then. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for listening to Animal Radio. I appreciate it. Have a good day. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie, 1 866 405 8405 right now. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by NAPS, the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. Let NAPS help you achieve your dream of a financially rewarding and fun job by providing you with the education and tools you need by visiting www.petsitters.org. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, thinking a dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard Canine Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Here we come. Every once in a while, we try to feature a celebrity 
and their connection with their pets. And this weekend you've booked... Davy Jones. From the Monkees. Hey, hey, we're the Monkees. Now, for those of you that are too young to remember, there was a there was this British invasion, and it included the Beatles and the Monkees and a bunch of bands with animals for names, including the animals. You remember that, Judy? Don't you? Yes, I'm afraid that was uh, during my time. I know that's showing my age, but I was a big fan of both the Beatles and the Monkees. And you booked the cute monkey. Yeah, I had a big crush on Davy Jones. I have to say, he's still pretty good looking to this day. Hey, Davy! Hello. How are you doing? Davy Jones joining us. I got to tell you, you have broken the monotony around here. Uh, I'm here. 47 times they mentioned me on the Brady Bunch in one episode. Can you believe it? <laughs> well, now you're still touring. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, most people think I'm dead, but you know, I'm not really. I'm I'm out there. I just did a concert this weekend in a beautiful place, um, um, Vienna. It was called Vienna, Illinois. I performed to about ten, fifteen thousand people in the right in front of the um, downtown area with all the statues and the stuff, and it was very dramatic. And obviously, uh, uh, being the greatest entertainer in the world, they invited me back for next season. So. <laughs> And I do things like Disney, you know. I just, um, in fact, I, I, last year, this, this last year, I, I played uh, Epcot Center. Uh, they call it the Flower Power Festival. And um, you get all these uh, entertainers, you know, so that come from the 60s. And it's, it's Flower Power. And I've been playing that for about seven years. Uh, uh-huh. You know, you do three shows a day. And it, it, it's, it's quite easy, you know. I mean, it's an afternoon, evening thing. Then you go straight into the firework and you're home by 9.30. You know what I mean? Yeah. Usually they just wrap me up and put me back in the little Disney box and I'm out next week you know but I played there on Mother's Day and I am again this year any of you people out there middle of May want to go to Epcot and see me perform um, it's on Mother's Day this year I gave out t-shirts that said Davy knows your mother you know so, and you know something's all changed of course because I, I noticed Peter Noon was there and so I went to see him the night before and he, he, you know they're all getting old these guys you know I mean he sings Mrs. Brown you've got a lovely walker you know what I'm saying and, and, and then and Tony Orlando, he was there too, and he's like, knock three times on the ceiling if you hear me fall, you know. <laughs> and, 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 oh, Roberta Flack, 50 ways. Uh, first time I ever forgot your face. That was what she... <laughs> and I, I think Paul Simon's there, 50 ways to lose your liver, but that's, you know... And, uh, and I think Abba's singing Densha Queen these days. I'm not quite sure. It's all kind of funny, tongue-in-cheek, you know, because people pat me and say, you look just like you used to. So I made these T-shirts up with my face on from 1967, you know, uh-huh. just to prove them wrong. So, um, good things stand the test of time, and I think the monkeys uh, can be included in one of those absolutely, little categories. Absolutely, absolutely, especially you. i got to say, well, Mickey, Mike, and Peter are doing okay. They're all in the actor's home in Hollywood, you know. <laughs> I went to see them a couple the weeks ago and I went over and I said do you know who I am <laughs> and Peter said ask the nurse she'll tell you so it was they're all doing good stuff and they're all working hard and you know it's just a case of uh, setting an example we didn't ask to be role models we didn't ask to be you know sort of anything other than that TV show about a rock and roll band well now uh, it must be the animals that are keeping you so youthful huh well yeah I've got um, I've got a number of horses I'm down in Florida here right now 
I've got a couple of brood mares that just came back from Ocala um, uh, in full to uh, a horse called Genesis. Nice horse. And um, I, I've got a couple of, I've got a driving horse. I've got an Arab that uh, he is kind of the pony horse. And then i got a little show jumper. Um, I have a couple of nice horses. One, especially in the town I live in down here. Uh-huh. His name is Indian Town Jones because this is the town I'm in called Indian Town. So, you know, everyone knows me in town. My picture's up in the... Uh, in, in the in the local post office, I'm not wanted or anything like that. But I'm about the only guy that's not in that. So and then you know in the local cafe and they have my records on the wall. And so I'm quite at home. You know, I I'm pretty famous here in the suburbs. <laughs> if, if you hadn't started with your singing career with the monkeys, would you have been a jockey? I think so. I ride work all the time. Anyone that understands what that is, they exercise the horses in the morning on the track. We start about four thirty, five o'clock. Oh my gosh! Uh, no big deal. You guys are there at that time anyway. I mean, it's just like being a radio personality. Uh-huh. Uh, you get up, you take care of it because you've got to be off the track by ten a.m. because uh-huh. the racing starts at you know one. They've got to prepare that. And I ride two or three in the morning, gallop a couple. Sometimes I sit on other people's, but you know, um, it might be an old grey cottage, but there's a fire burning in the grate. You know what I'm saying? I love yeah. to. I love to ride. It's kept me really out of those silly, you know, red car clubs and the rest of that Hollywood baloney, you know. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm an entertainer, you know. I, I, I don't need anyone around uh, other than my audience to, to recognize that I'm a celebrity sure. and that I'm pretty famous in, you know, in their eyes anyway. And you can't tell anyone that's a Davy Jones fan that he can't sing, he can't dance, he's not the best looking guy in the world. And, you know, it's, it's very simple, you know. The rules have been laid down and uh, um, it, it's pretty much... Um, Everybody knows their part. I sing, they scream. <laughs> I sing again, they applaud. You know, they request stuff. And, and you don't get tired of it. No, it, it's, it's my life, you know, and I'm very fortunate, you know, as I say, not to diss anybody else because, you know, it's far easier to be critical than correct. But, you know, I mean, I get a bigger buzz out, out of going into Publix Market down in Florida and have somebody stop me in the cheese department and say, what are you doing here? <laughs> what, you, you know don't who eat? you are, <laughs> and I say yes, I do know who I am. Well, wh- wh- why are you in here? And I say because it's called food. <laughs> and they expect me to, you know, go moonwalking into the into into the bread department, and you know, then jump into my Rolls Royce opened by my chauffeur. But I'm a pretty down to earth guy. The curtain comes down, and and that's the end of that character. And I just become a normal person. The horses. I, I've, I've had a um, number of dogs over the years. Obviously, Labradors have always been my favorite. They're very compatible. Four daughters, all girls. Wow. They've all ridden, and they're all kind of stretched from 38 years old to 18 years old. So the 18-year-old, you've got to know, I feel like I'm bilingual. I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> half the time. I flew a horse out to California a couple of weeks ago to Del Mar, which is a very prestigious yes. racetrack. It's out there in San Diego, beautiful San Diego, and I loaded him up in Newark and got on a flight, and I met him in Los Angeles. I got him off, we drove him down, got to the Del Mar racetrack. Three days later, he was running in the 67th running of the Del Mar Futurity Handicap. Do they um, enjoy it, Davey? Do they enjoy it? Do they um, I don't think they... T- this boy does. Indian Town Jones enjoys it, because he's, he's quite a... a, a a, a baby in the stables, you know, you can, I could sit a stranger on him and he'd, he'd walk around the, the yard being led, but not, it, well, I would never put him out, anyone on the track on him, but um, I ride him on the track. They, they, they like to exercise. They don't want to spend 23 hours in a box. That's the only problem right. with most racetracks. Sure. They are confined. It is a very hard thing to deal with. My kids hate it. 
They don't want me to do the racing thing. They love the horses. They want to have a petting zoo, you know. Besides horses, do you have any dogs or any other animals? I have a cat. I had a couple of cats. And uh, one of them was scared off when we came to Florida last year by a wild cat. And I'm, I'll get him this year. Uh. I'll chase him off. But um, I've chased him off a few times. It's ridiculous. Like I can running... see you running down the street. Oh, no, yes, I have been, honestly. <laughs> I live on like a retirement village down here. And, I, you know, it's like I'm running, passing, you know, people uh, uh, on their bicycles, you know, going round in circles. And I, I had Labradors in England for many years. I have a lovely old home up in Pennsylvania where I spent half my year. And I've been reluctant to get a dog for for the last 10 years. And the reason being is, I see deer, there's one doe been down every other year and had, to, had a, her little uh, fawn right in the backyard, you know. Um, oh, wow. Only a few acres, right in the middle of the borough, but oh, surrounded wonderful. by cornfields and such. And then I, 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 I've got little chippies around, you know, and, and squirrels, and, and, you know, occasionally the turkeys are there. In fact, the other day we saw a black bear. And wow. I was wondering why the horses were all a little disgruntled and their heads were over the boxes, staring in a direction of the... As I say, I only have 16 acres in the middle of the borough, but, you know, these animals know where they're safe. And once horses are around, they know that there are caring... I don't know what it is. It's an instinct, I'm sure, that they have. Uh -huh. But um, I've always... I, I recommend it. You know, whenever I see a dog or somebody's got one on the street or uh, wherever it might be, I ha I'm, I'm drawn to it. <laughs> um, this, in fact, last night I went to a friend's house, had a bit of dinner, and the dog was in the backyard, and I said, you know, let him in, let me have a look at him, and so he came in, and he didn't leave my side, you know, they just want to have affection, it's not, they're like human beings, mm -hmm. we want to be, be enjoyed, and we want to be loved, and we want to be hugged, you know, and, and that's all they care about, and, you know, I, I, I don't think you can't, uh, uh, you can't grow up, uh, I know it's prohibitive sometimes, and in a city especially, to have a large dog, or any kind of animals, and I'm not the kind of the guy that locks my cats up, you know, um, uh, they tend to want to hang about me. They come into the house and they sit with me when I'm sitting about. They know when I'm kind of down. I know that I had a bit of a cold for the last couple of weeks and my cat up there, she came in and she sat on the bed, something she would never, ever do. She knows, huh? Uh, I think they know. And it's yes. a wonderful thing. And you know that, you know, anyone that's got any animals out there that are very easy to deal with, it would be a wonderful thing for you to take your dog, no matter what kind of dog it is. And, you know, I reckon recommend you call up a, um, one of those um, uh, retirement homes or, uh, you know, obviously it's difficult in the hospitals because of, uh, you know, all the restrictions, but retirement homes and things like that, there's plenty of, of them out there, and those people that can't have animals anymore would love to stroke the, a little dog that you bring in or, you know, a cat in a cage, you know, they all had it when they were younger, and it's something that you can, you know, enrich your life with, you'll be empowered and, uh, by, by doing something for somebody else, and this is what animals do for you. My, I can't wait to get round the corner and see my, my horses. No, uh, you know, they all think that, you know, they're the one. They're the special one. Oh, of course. And I brush them over and I keep them clean. I look after them. It's like, you know, my kids now, 18, 24, 34, 38. It's almost like, you know, it's almost like an excuse for me and has been because I've not always been able to be with my children. Mm -hmm. And you've got to have some kind of recreation. I mean, I still do all those, you know, things like anybody else was. I still, you know, try to be on the darts team for six months up in Pennsylvania, and I, I still try to go, you know, down and bowl a few, you know, games down at the alley, and I, I do normal stuff, and I think that all fits in with being an animal carer and an animal lover and someone that cares about 
you know, being part of a, a community. And that's all the dog wants to do. That's all the cat wants to be is, uh, you know, and they say they're independent and they don't need. But I've found that the more company I have with one of my barn cats, she comes in, the more she likes it. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered why she was so, uh, you know, off. She was never very affectionate, mm-hmm. but it was because of me. I didn't give her that affection. And then all of a sudden, now she's getting older. She's seven, eight, I think. Now she wants to be hugged, and I pick her up every single morning. Aww. And I pick her up. She look at me before I, I put the food down. She look at me. I pick her up. I give her a hug, and I just hug her tight, you know. And um, You love your animals, and they love you unconditionally. That's about it. There you go. It's like your children, you know. Yes. Check out www.davyjones.net. Of course, URLs to everything you've heard on today's show at animalradio.com. Davy, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay. It's great to talk to you. And, uh, you know, look after those pets, everybody. And, uh... And hope to see you soon. If you see it up there, check out the page, as we just said, and uh, maybe I'll be coming to you, maybe coming to your town. Boom. (laughs) You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Hello, I'm Kay Brown, reporting for Animal Radio. An Aussie grandmother credits her son's dog with saving her life after she was attacked by a huge male kangaroo on the family farm in Australia's centre outback. Rosemary Neal was checking on her horses when the 6-foot, 220-pound kangaroo hit her with his powerful hind feet, slicing her face and body with his razor-sharp claws. Her son Darren's working dog heard her screams and raced to her rescue, chasing the kangaroo away. Kangaroos normally avoid humans, but Australia's lengthy drought has brought the marsupials ever closer to houses in search of food. A woman in Maine has taken to beating her washing with a stick before hanging it out to dry. That's because the last time Mara Ranger was emptying her washing machine, the clothes moved. A Maine animal damage control operator was called, and when he reached into the machine, he found a seven-foot reticulated python. The snake's since been taken to York Animal Kingdom in York. That's not the only near miss involving a reptile. Forget about snakes on a plane. In Australia's Northern Territory, one of the world's deadliest snakes caused mayhem after it was found warming itself under a popcorn machine in a movie theatre. Staff initially thought it was a harmless tree snake and spent days crawling around trying to catch it. It was only after a professional snake catcher was called in that they discovered they'd been barely a yard away from a deadly, venomous western brown snake. Britain's most famous fighting force, the SAS, is reportedly planning to trial a method to reduce casualty rates in Iraq and Afghanistan by parachuting German shepherd dogs to spy on rebels. The UK's Sun newspaper claims that dogs are being trained to leap from planes at 25,000 feet, strapped to human soldiers, and wearing their own oxygen masks. On the ground, the dogs will seek out rebels and transmit video of their numbers and location via cameras mounted to the dogs' heads. Eight dogs are reportedly already in training. Well, America's oldest celebrity greyhound has died just months after celebrating her 20th birthday in Bradenton with her adopted family, Nina and Tim Durf. Jeannie attracted national attention when she saved Tim's life eight years ago by awakening Nina in the middle of the night and dragging her to the hallway where Tim lay unconscious and near death from a hemorrhage. The Durfs hope that Jeannie's legacy will be a rise in the number of greyhounds finding adoptive homes. And lastly, they must grow really big bugs in New Jersey. How else can you explain a local trying to exterminate insects in his apartment 
and blowing it up instead. Isaias Vidal Macedo was apparently spraying for pests in his Eatonton kitchen when somehow the bug spray ignited a blast that blew out the apartment's front windows and triggered a massive fire. Macedo escaped unharmed, and there's no word yet on whether the bugs survived. That's our Pet News Wrap-Up. I'm Kay Brown, reporting for Animal Radio. For more information, go to pettalkradio.com.au. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at animalradio.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And Dr. Debbie is answering our questions at 1-866-405-8405. I understand we have Teresa on the phone. Teresa, are you there? I am. Hi, Teresa. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Where are you calling from today? North Carolina. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. What can I do for you today? Well, I have a yellow lab, and um, she's seven years old this year, very, very healthy. But in the last eight months to a year, I've just all of a sudden noticed it's not a seasonal shedding. It is just like gobs and gobs of hair coming out. Um, you could just, after you brush her, if even if I brush her really good, and I've even gotten one of those little um, shedding brushes uh, to okay. try to get the um, hair up underneath. And um, so I, I've done just about everything. But right after that, I can take my hand and just go across her, and the hair is just still coming out. Now, she doesn't have hot spots or anything like that, nothing to where it looks like it's any type of an allergy or anything, and I've not switched her food. Um, I'm just really concerned about this type of, I mean, it's just going on and on. And, it, and like I said, I was anticipating, you know, maybe spring or uh, fall or something like that, but or in the summer months especially, but this is an ongoing thing, and I've just been hearing about a lot of different products Um and uh, on the radio, a couple of different ones, and I just didn't know what you might recommend. Well, this, this is oh, interesting. Yeah. This is the second call we've had about this today. And uh, so and it's a big deal, isn't it, Dr. Deb, around this time of year? It sure is. And I'd like to point out that both callers are Labrador Retriever owners. And, and and that is amazing because so many people think the short-haired breeds um, you know, don't have as many problems. But boy, Labradors have that water-resistant coat. And uh, you are definitely experiencing um, the durability of that coat. Um, so you've tried some shedding tools you've mentioned? Yes. Okay. Is that the Furminator? Um, it's um, it's like a shedding blade. It's got the real close knit teeth, and um, it's it was something that was advertised on TV. And it really, I guess, gets the undercoat um, or something like that. And it does work. I mean, I've I've you know really kind of thinned out the hair, but um, but it's just like the loose you know um, hairs that are continually coming off. Yeah. So the the tool you're using is it kind of shaped like a like a teardrop on a handle? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I know which one you're meaning. And and those are useful definitely to get kind of that that deeper undercoat and and labradors especially on their hindquarters, um on their back legs, um even on their 
back, they tend to get this really thick undercoat, and it takes repeated work to really get that out. So I, I definitely believe in using the different tools. If that one's working for you, great. Um, I, I personally started using the Furminator for my dogs, and um, one of my labs has the kind of hair coat that it just keeps on coming and keeps on coming. The other one's got that real thin, tight-to-the-body coat, so it doesn't do as much there. Um, but doing the manual removal of the hair, and, and it really is a kind of a constant battle. Um, you, you mentioned that your dog was uh, about a year of age. Oh, no, no. She's seven years old. Oh, seven but, years but old. This has been going on. It seems like um, the first maybe five or six years, um, you know, it wasn't nearly as bad. And now mm-hmm. it's just, you know, coming off in gobs. And there's definitely, if you've listened to the show before, there's some things that I advocate. And, and definitely one of the big things is to use a dietary fatty acid supplements. And this isn't just like putting fish oil or bacon grease on the food, um, but actually picking up a veterinary product that has a balanced omega fatty acid ratio. And they're very useful to try to help keep the hair coat in good shape. It doesn't stop shedding, and there's really no product out there. So if you ever hear those um, claims on TV that this pill is going to stop shedding, there's really nothing that's going to do that. But we can make the hair coat healthier, less dry, and maybe less apt to turn over in a certain um, period of time. So fatty acids are definitely a must that I would go with. Um, In addition to to brushing, um, I definitely like some of the different conditioning treatments. Um, For my pets, I use a spray-on that's called Relief, and it's kind of like a a doggy conditioner. And we never really use um, human conditioners. We're not going to put Clairol or anything like that on our pet. Um, But there are some good veterinary ones as well that you can apply and kind of brush in or even leave it in as a leave-in conditioner after a bath. And as long as you're not seeing any problems where you're having crust sores, anything like that where you're actually having some irregular hair loss, um, those are really situations where we need to look for something more medical in nature. Have you addressed any of these concerns with your veterinarian? Um, No. uh, I went up there uh, on her last uh, checkup when they wear and they just do some general stuff. I think she got her rabies shots and that, like, you know, just updated on shots and everything. And I mentioned it to him, and he said what you just said. He doesn't mm-hmm. know of a, he says, I can sell you something because <laughs> I have it here. He says, but, you know, I just can't stand behind the product because you're going to get home and you're going to look and try to, you know, see some type of magical, you know, thing, and it's going to stop. And he says, I can't tell you that this is going to stop the shedding. So, but he didn't mention anything about fatty acids. That was, um or fish oils or anything like that, you know, so, hmm. Yeah, so give it a try. I, I'm a firm believer in it, and uh, you know. And then what Mother Nature's created with that water impermeable uh, Labrador coat, um, some of that we can't undo. We just try to tame the beast there. <laughs> I see. Okay. Thank you for your call, well, Teresa. We appreciate it. I really appreciate it too. Thanks. Y'all have a great show, and I, I enjoy listening to it. You're awesome. We appreciate it. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Now the question here, we get this all the time. Uh, they're not a sponsor. First of all, Furminator is not a sponsor. We speak from our hearts on that. Also, we get calls all the time about it rhymes with dynamite. 
Uh, They're not a sponsor of the show, but they have an aggressive spot schedule that runs during our show here. And oh, everybody's yes. always asking about that. And they claim, you know, the shedding will stop. You'll you'll see the second coming of Jesus. I mean, they really do claim a lot. And they have a lot of people doing testimonials. And they, I understand the people that are doing the testimonials are on the level. They're not actors. What do you know about products like that? Well, I definitely think for certain pets and probably for certain individuals, there's probably some benefit. But um, the question really is, is whether it's a, an appreciable benefit if you would have just started brushing your dog more or giving them a multivitamin or improving their diet. So I'm a little bit skeptical. And most of the veterinary sources, um, we call that anecdotal reports. It's not necessarily scientific. Uh, maybe someone says, yeah, it worked for me. But uh, there's really nothing like that that the veterinarians are all standing behind and saying, yeah, got to have that. Good to know. 1-866-405-8405 right now. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. In Germany, police say a woman attempting to make manure stink bombs with stockings slipped into a manure tank and fled the scene naked. Two women entered a farm in the northern village of Eberholzen and started filling up stockings with manure. A police spokesman reported one of them slipped into the manure tank right into the cow muck. The other one helped her out. We found their clothes in a field. One seems to have run off completely naked, the other in her underwear. Police said it was unclear what the women had intended to do with the manure bombs, adding the women can get their clothes back from the local police station, unwashed. Now that stinks. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, go to Pets911.com. Pets 911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People's published 10 times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Celebrating our connection with our pets. 
from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Don't forget the Animal Radio pet ID tags are free to a good guardian. All you need to do is send us your self-addressed stamped envelope. The post office box 197, that's in Shandon, S-H-A-N-D-O-N, California, 93461. And we'll send one right back to you. And all that information up at AnimalRadio.com. And speaking of free to a good guardian, you don't have to look very far to see the free to a good home ads. You see them on Craigslist. You see them on uh, just about anywhere, any newspaper. Newspapers, yeah. And for that, more information on that, because it may not be those ads. They may be actually very deceitful in nature. And we bring in Sergeant Detective Officer Tracy Ann Mains from Pets 911 to give us a lowdown on that. I got promoted. Yeah, you got promoted. (laughs) Less pay, though. (laughs) (laughs) What do you expect? Well, so tell us, what's the deal with these ads? Well, I think a lot of people um, place free to a good home ads, and they expect um, to get people who are really looking for a family member to add. And, you know, a lot of times that is the case. People are out looking for pets. Um, There are several reasons we feel that people should not be placing free to good home ads. Um, You you just don't know who's going to show up at your door. Yeah. Uh, You know, you could even have, you know, a a gentleman showing up with his little boy saying, hey, you know, Johnny wants a puppy or a kitten, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we saw that you have free ones. Unfortunately, the gentleman with Johnny may not be his father. He may be somebody looking to gather pets from alternative sources uh, for research facilities or for dog baiting, different activities. Dog fighting, maybe? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So, you know, I'm not saying that it's the norm that that happens, but people need to be aware that not everyone who comes to your door has a good intention with that cute puppy that that you just had. Uh, There are also what's called Class B dealers. Yeah, what are those? They're actually licensed by the United States Department of Agriculture, the USDA, Mm. and they are authorized to buy animals from, quote, random sources, Mm -hmm. unquote, uh, meaning, you know, animals that aren't bred or raised on a dealer's property, and they sell them to animal research facilities. Mm. We've seen in the news, especially down your way, a lot of animals actually being stolen, dogs being stolen. Are these the, do they end up in the same places? They might. It seems the ones down here that I've seen on the news are full-breed dogs, Mm -hmm. um, sort of like the designer dogs that everybody wants, uh, Bichon Frises, uh, Poodles, different Yorkies especially. Uh, So they may end up in research facilities. My thought, and again, it's my personal thought, is that they're being sold. Mm. Because, you know, where people have drug problems, they might see it as easy money to, instead of buying a Yorkie for $1,800 from a breeder, you know, I'll sell you it for $900 or whatever the case may be. Well, so, should, should we be really worried or is that being paranoid or should we be hypervigilant and not let our animals outside, I guess? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if it's being super paranoid. It's being a good pet guardian. Um, and also, you know, keep identification on your pets. All of that is very helpful in making sure that you get your pet back. Yeah, microchipped, and then, of course, there's a lot of resources over there at Pets911.com. Tracy Ann Maines, private, uh, no, what is it, Sergeant Detective Officer, (laughs) private sergeant, I don't know, Tracy Ann Maines joining us from Pets911. Thank you so much. Thanks. We'll speak to you again soon. We have more Animal Radio on the way.
Sports Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pet as we do every weekend. Welcome. Bring your pets, gather around the radio. Our dream team, Dr. Debbie answering your questions, and Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard at 1-866-405-8405. One week out, in one week, it's me or the dog casting. Once again, that's happening at Barkin' Bitches, 505 North Fairfax, and all the details at AnimalRadio.com. Vlade, you'll be there broadcasting live with us, right? Yes, I will be there. What date it again? No, that would be August 23rd. That's next Saturday. Sure, sure. I already took the ticket uh, on 21st. So, you know, one ticket for me, one ticket for my German shopper, Mika. Oh, you're, are you bringing Mika? Yes, I do. Oh, good. Okay. I'm the dog wizard. You know, you, you want to see the dog wizard without dog? Of course, yeah, <laughs> I got to have Mick with me. <laughs> yeah, let's go to the yeah. phones. You want to do sure. that? one 866 405 8405 Hi, who's this? Hello. Hi, who is this? This is Karen. Karen, thanks for being so patient. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Michigan. Michigan. Wow. Yeah, I guess the only way I can get the chance to talk to Vladdy is i got to call in on a radio show to get a hold of him. He's pretty popular there, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. He's very difficult to get a hold of. Yeah. Well, he's a, oh, he's a I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing to say. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know which you. it is, but I'll tell you. At least now i got a hold of you. This might be the only way, right? <laughs> Thank you, Karen, for calling us. Do you like our shows? Do you I you love talk? the show. I love the show, and I love listening to you on the show. Oh boy, it sounds scary. Do you love me for my pretty Russian eyes, or you love uh, the advices what I'm giving to the people? Sorry, Hal. I mean, uh, you know, I just want to make sure she loves me for the right reasons. You know, I love it both. I love the. I love to learn from you. Yet, you know, the eyes are good. Okay, I I always get along with the ladies. Well, I talk to my boss. So, how can I help you? Well, I have two Sharpays. Oh One boy. is a male. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, oh hey. boy. I mean, every time when you're on the, somebody's on the phone or whatever, somebody calls me about Sharpays or Chows or Akitas, I take a deep breath. Like, uh, but you know what? I, I, in the past, had Sharpay myself back in Russia. In the Russian transla- translations, I named that Sharpay Stinky. Hey. Sorry, Kara. I mean, uh, you have to owe Sharpay to, to, to know that. Go ahead. Yes, you do. Anyways, I have two of them. One okay. I brought into the home this year, and she is a barker. I barker. hate a barking dog. She like has Russian now got the other one barking along with her. So your, dog is, so your dog is like this, barking like a Russian AK-47 downtown Beirut, like that? <laughs> Absolutely. And then that sounds okay. just like her. <laughs> okay. Okay, and the next one? And so I got it. Yes. So she's now got the other one barking. I mean, a leaf can blow by the window, she barks. That's understandable. Monkey see, monkey do. Uh Let me take a charge. I got it. What is the? You said you have another problem. Yes, one of all, and one gets car sick. I mean, so uh, bad that the minute you put the per, the dog in the car, the drool uh-huh. starts, and what a sloppy mess if they shake their head in okay. the car. Okay, let let me let me uh, fix it and give you pres- prescription for success. You know, I, I like to give the good words. You know, well, positive I need words. It. In this country, we 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 don't want to hear the bad words. Just success, positive, positive success, positive success. Well, we anyway, need something. 
We need it, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, first, you, uh, by the way, I just would like to, I'm curious, are you the one, the person who likes to sleep with your pets uh, in no. the same bed? Okay. No, okay. they are on the floor on pillows. Okay, so, you, okay, uh, otherwise I would tell you, if I slept with you in your bed, uh, you know, I would not listen to you either. But you, <laughs> nope, you, <nope>. Avoid it. <laughs> you avoided this thing. No, nope, okay. they sleep on the floor. So how are we going to fix the barking? We're going to fix the barking very simple. We're going to use the uh, one of my proprietary techniques, like I just name it like a pimp and a hoe. Karen, do you know what a hoe means? <laughs> I don't know if you understood my Russian, uh, yes, ra- my, my, my Michigan accent. Yeah, yeah, ho, your Michigan accent. Ho, 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 you know? <laughs> I just recently found out about what the hoe means. But uh, just let me tell you something. Uh, you know, my producer has just f- fell from his chair right now. He doesn't know to, 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 to shut off this show or this button. He even doesn't know what to do right now. Nothing going to be bad. Okay, just calm down, please. <laughs> okay, everything is under control. Okay. Can you still like me, yes? Yep. Okay. So, uh, what I'm talking about, the pimp has its own way for dealing with the things like that. He used the positive and negative all the time. And this is the way how he is ch- changing any- and keeping things under control. So, what I would like you to do, I would like you to, every time when the dog bark, I want you like a pimp, like, hey! You can toss the uh, shaking can, like pop can on the floor like that, or you can use a wonderful device. You can get it from the bicycle shop by name, CO2 tire inflator. Just push the button and just like this every time when they box, okay? okay? That will take care of the symptoms of the problem. The cause of the problem is lack of your leadership. So I would like you also to do some obedience training as far as taking your dog on the leash, saying sit, stay, calm down, all this type of the things will be really, really putting you in the lead position in the relationship with this pet. Regarding your uh, motion sickness, uh, what another dog does, what I would like you to do, you have uh, two choices, or you do you do a uh, Chacotherapy, what means you got to put your dog in the vehicle despite of throwing up or not. Just give your dog food and just drive the dog two, three days in a row. Just drive it, put the dog in the vehicle and drive, drive, drive. The dog going to throw up a couple of times and after that stops it. Or really? you just do it gradually. Take it for a while, for five minutes drive, for ten minutes drive, for fifteen minutes drive. And after between, a little bit play with the dog. Create positive perception of driving, giving him American cheese. Pieces, little, little, little Russian kalbasa, play with the dokis and hug when you stop and gradually extend the time. You have a choice. Karen, I love you. Thank you for calling. And listen, call us maybe next week. I, I would love to talk to you a little bit more. We're going to talk about dogs. We're going to talk about ho, ho. Thank you for calling, guys. Bye. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on and learn more. This is Animal Radio Network.